You are Locked On SEC Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to your Locked On SEC Football Podcast. We are rolling, talking about games today. We'll have a preview of every single game in the next two days. Today we'll talk some Alabama, South Carolina, Tennessee, uh, with a returning player that could have an impact uh, for sure. Also, Colorado State, Arkansas. Uh, we'll talk Georgia Bulldogs, Ole Miss, Kansas State, and Mississippi State. So we've got a lot to get to. And it's brought to you by Vivid Seats, an online event ticket marketplace. And they've got the app, and they've got it all. The Vivid Seats app is a fantastic way to get seats to your favorite sporting events or concerts. And with rewards status ranging from MVP to Hall of Famer, customers can earn from 10% to 16% credit on all their purchases through the app for uh, throughout the month. So check it out. Again, that's uh, Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats. Get the app now. All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by 100% guarantee. He's Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com. I'm Dave Hooker, and uh, we get to some games that uh, certainly will have an effect throughout the season. I believe this will be a statement that um, – we won't be able to say any longer after Saturday. The one SEC venue that Alabama hasn't won at is South Carolina. Well, it's because they don't play every year, of course, in the way it alternates. But um, I think Alabama will be able to take care of business at South Carolina. What does South Carolina need to do to stay in this game? Well, it's going to be going to be tough, but they're going to have to run the football. The offensive line. Thought showed some improvement from week one to week two. Um, you know, the the running game was successful, albeit against Charleston Southern. That's that's gonna that's gonna slow down some some of the pass rush of Alabama and allow the offense to breathe a little bit, have some balance. Without that, without balance on offense, you got no shot against this Alabama defense. So um, you know, but what we're seeing at this point is Alabama's not as they typically do defensively, they kind of build a wall. They don't, they're not getting up a lot of upfield penetration. So I think on that side of the ball, they've got to really, really find a way to run the football that I would uh, always suggest against Alabama to get them spread out a little bit and they, to help you try to run it. Because if you can't have that balance, you're just not going to have success on the other side of the ball. You know, it's, it's a lot different. It's, it's, you got to stop the run. And that's important always, but against Alabama the past couple of years, you've got to hold up on the secondary. Can you match up against those receivers? And the answer is pretty much no for anybody. That's uh, certainly this case for South Carolina. So how are you going to be able to hold up? Well, the real key is, is you've got to uh, have linebackers that get good depth in their short drops um, so that you can take away the short passing game. Um, can you mix up a little zone on them? You know, I think you can play a little bit more zone. I don't think two is more inclined to run now. So maybe you can play a little of that. You got to have a couple, uh, a couple of options there where you can mix up some zone and, um, you know, bring maybe some zone pressures too from different areas. It's going to be tough. I, I think that you can, what you have to try to do. And I thought Duke, showed you a little bit schematically what you need to try to do. You need to bring some unscouted looks to the game to kind of make Alabama, you know, um, you know, think a little bit because they're seeing something that they've not studied because 
it hasn't uh, it hasn't been on film. If you can do that, find a way to win field position in the kicking game. Um, those are the things you need to do. All the little things you got to win the turnover margin. You got to win the, the the field position margin. Uh, flip the field uh, on the kicking game. If you can't do that, you know you really don't have much of a chance of keeping it close. So. Look, it's just not. Um, you, you mentioned, you know, that it's it's, it's interesting because these programs have only played 15 times. Now, you know, we got to remind folks, younger audience, that South Carolina is pretty new to the SEC. 1992, kind of pretty new to me. I guess it's been a while, but you know, it's they and you they, because they don't play very often. You know, you don't have many times. It's only 15 times that they've played, but. It just is not a really good matchup, and I expect Alabama to win and and, and win going away here. So um, it's going to be a tough one. Uh, I, I think that you know losing to North Carolina, um, you know, was you know a little bit concerning how they lost to it and how they came in from a game plan standpoint. Pretty obvious. They felt that they could overpower North Carolina and didn't make the type of adjustments I thought that were necessary. By by contrast, I thought Miami played a much better game than South Carolina did, even though South Carolina was was controlling the game early. So uh, I, I think there's going to have to be a really good game plan. They're going to have to be really sharp and win all the all the little things, as we like to say, if this game's going to be close. Surely, to goodness, Tennessee will bounce back after starting the season zero and two. Um, and they get Bryce Thompson back. It's uh, Chattanooga who they'll face. Pretty good quarterback, uh, but uh, this should be a game. Well, should be a game. We said the same thing about Georgia State, but should be a game that Tennessee wins. Yeah, I think the only thing is how they play. Um, look, I mean, uh, the mocks don't have uh, a, a lot of weapons to be able to uh, stress out Tennessee, but certainly there was a decided a talent advantage uh, against Georgia State for Tennessee. Um I think if Tennessee plays the way they did against BYU, and, you know, I mentioned it on yesterday's show, but going back and look, doing more film work on it, the, the thing that's hurting Tennessee, it's never one thing. But, you know, it's the fact that they're not playing clean, that they are really um, making a lot of fundamental mistakes that, you know, they don't have the talent to overcome that. So it's the combination that, you know, people say, well, they don't have the talent. They use it. Well, no, they don't. But they certainly have enough talent if they play a clean game to be 2-0. and But they're not. And so they're 0-2, and this is kind of where they are. Now they're getting into the part of the schedule where you – well, after this week, you're getting into part of the schedule where, okay, look – uh, losses are probably, I don't know, I'll say they're not going to be accepted and not going to be liked, but probably more understood than the first couple of weeks. So, you know, I think the biggest thing that may be after this week, the, the wins and losses, um, they may be able to surprise somebody, but for the most part, they're, it's going to be about personnel in terms of, going into the matchup, but their chances of keeping it close or chances of pulling an upset, or in this case, this week, the chances of, you know, obviously getting their first win is more tied to their ability to eliminate, you know, the coverage of mistakes, hitting the wrong gap up front, um, 
you know, being more productive in the red zone. It's all the little things that you can't do if you're an average team or below average, and that's where Tennessee is. It's those things that they're not doing. So I thought the running game was pretty effective when I broke it down against a run defense that's pretty good in BYU. So, But you've got to be able to finish, um, and the defense, it's just, look, if they can't run the football, Dave, the defense is going to consistently get worn out. And then, you know, it, it could end up being a closer game than any Vol fan would imagine and, and would want. But that those are the things that jump out at me that need to kind of turn around. And they just need a win in the worst way. I mean, they just they just need to get a win. But, you know, just as important and what I think is most important is how they play. Because how they play is going to determine a, if they win, the margin of victory by which they win. And so those are the things that I think need to be cleaned up. Yep, I would uh, totally agree with that. And, boy, it's been it's been rough uh, in Knoxville, obviously, with uh, starting the season 0-2. And, and I think uh, everybody thought they would be uh, 2-0. and So stay tuned. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk Kansas State, Mississippi State, Arkansas State, Georgia. I got a preview of the Ole Miss game, Arkansas game and uh, some news out of A&M. You're locked on SEC football podcast. More after this. You are locked on SEC football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're locked on SEC football podcast, Kansas State at Mississippi State. Uh, when I look at these two programs, I, I find them pretty interesting in that they both been uh, built up with uh, developmental players over the years when they've had success. Uh, even though they're a, a world apart, there's a little bit of similarities there. But uh, Mississippi State at home, an eight-point favorite. What do you make of this game? Yeah, I'd agree. I, I think they're. Deve- I think Mississippi State, um, you know, because of its locale and their ability to they they get better players in most cases. But you're right. They've been such a good developmental program. It's why they've been, you know, a little bit more talented, put more players in the league, you know, um, you know, been a little bit more successful at the highest, you know, kind of nationally because they get good players. But you you hit it on the head. They're they're a really good developmental program. And I want to start with kind of Kansas State and what I've seen. We know, obviously, they've made the, the transition and. um like, you remember when Ron Prince took over for Bill Snyder the first time? It, it just didn't go real well. And so we'll see what Chris Kleiman can do. But so far, so good. And I know it's Nichols and it's Bowling Green. And I don't think they match up personnel-wise all that well with uh, with Mississippi State. But, you know, I like the way they're playing. Skylar Thompson, you know, is really sharp. And, again, it's against Bowling Green. But the alternative, as I like to say, is you don't play well against a, a really weak opponent. That doesn't say a whole lot for you. So, I, you know, what I like about them is, you know, when I looked at them against Nichols and Bowling Green, they're just so solid. I mean, they just, the their combination blocks are very good, very, um, very balanced in the run game and how they attack different holes and cause your defense to, to be really, really um, disciplined. You know, they can throw it, as I mentioned, you know, fairly well. Do they have big-time playmakers? No. But they've got enough guys that can make plays, and they scheme guys open. And defensively, boy, they're, they're always in good position. Um, 
you can beat them, but you have to do just that, beat them. They, they, you know, a couple of weeks, they, you know, again, overmatch their opponents, but, you know, they don't, they're doing all the little things well. And we just kind of talked about it. When you don't do it well, it causes problems. They're doing that. So I'm very curious to see. I really am liking what this Mississippi State team looks like. I mentioned yesterday, I, Stevens looks like, you know, he's day to day. He says he's fine. You know, Coach Moorhead's a little bit coy. My sense is, is he's going to play and he's going to be fine. I don't know that. We'll see. I, I, it, he says he feels really good. It, it, he, to me, understands this offense. And obviously, I think they're in much better shape with him calling the signals, you know, making adjustments at the line of scrimmage, making the reads that are important in, in this offense. Um, it's in any offense, but in this offense, just the key to be able to recognize it. And he does it very well because he's been in that system. I like the receivers. I like the size of the receivers and how they're able to post up defenders. And I think they'll, they'll have success doing that. And then of course I saved the best for last on offense is that I think Kylan Hill's been outstanding. I mean, I think he's, well, to this point, he's graded out better than in through a couple of weeks. I mean, he's done the most the first couple of weeks than, than probably anybody in the league. I mean, he's just been consistently good, and I'm curious to see. So um, I think little things with State's been impressive. Their punting game has been really good and, and making teams go the distance. So that's going to be the key to whether this can be a decisive win for Mississippi State or maybe a one-possession win. But here's the biggest thing I want to see out of this game. And I also kind of touched on this a little bit yesterday is, you know, this game is not a given win like maybe some other, you know, lopsided games. But for State, I expect them to win at home. I think it'd be a disappointing loss if they did. I don't think State will lose the game unless they don't play a clean game and make mistakes. But I think it's a different type of challenge for them, as it is for Kansas State, to see how these teams respond. And I got I start to get a little excited. We have a few games, as you know, Dave, through the first couple of weeks that, that kind of tell us a little bit about teams. But we're starting to get into where you, you're finding your rhythm or you're not. And, and that one is just as indicative of kind of where teams are as the other. You know, but as you're getting closer now, to where you're either playing a really good team or in some cases you're not playing as good of a team, but you're right around the corner to beginning your conference matchup, you can start to get a feel for what teams are. So for me, from state standpoint, it's so tell me a little bit, not, not everything, but a little bit more about whether this team could cause some problems. Maybe they could cause more of an issue for an LSU, which has not played well in Starkville. Or show you that eh, they're not quite there yet. Now, this game's not going to tell us everything about it, but it's going to begin to. So I think this is, in my mind, in the Landry Lab, the Landry Football Lab at the 11 a.m. Central Time Zone, this is going to be on monitor one um, for me. It's the one I'm most interested in in that time slot. And then uh, Arkansas State at Georgia. We haven't really talked about this, but if if I'm – a, a Georgia administrator or a Georgia coach, I'm patting myself on the back because they have to open with Vanderbilt. Then they go Murray State, and they're going to have Arkansas State this week. 
So a chance, you know, as long as you take care of business with Vanderbilt, which they did, you got a chance with Murray State and Arkansas State to work on some things, get in good game shape. And then they get a really premier team in Notre Dame before they get into SEC play. If, if I were administrator, this is how I would start a season. I would not uh, uh, do the Alabama thing where they uh, oftentimes will try to play a monster opponent in the beginning. I'm just curious your thoughts on on the difference in that and scheduling a little bit easier early to kind of fine tune your team because, you know, with other than Vanderbilt, that's pretty much what what George has done. So they'll have Arkansas State final tune up before the schedule gets uh, significantly tougher in the coming weeks. Your thoughts on how to well, start a season? Well, if I'm a an Alabama, if I'm a Georgia, if I'm a Clemson, I'd like to play a tougher team early. I, I think that really helps your entire offseason because you're established. You're 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 probably going to beat anybody, even if it's a you know relatively tough opponent. Because what's a tough opponent? I mean, you know, you're you're going to be better than most than pretty much anybody you're going to play. So I'm I'm more inclined to do that now for most everybody else. Um, I think what is potentially ideal is to play. And, and, and let me just say, let me just stop because you got into something that I know we'll, we'll, we'll spend a little bit more time on maybe when we got more time, but I, I just believe, and it's come out this week and it's been talking about particularly as it relates to Alabama and their schedule and New Mexico state and, you know, when they play games and it's in the heat and the fans don't want to stay and let's just call out the fans. It's gotten in a whole lot of stuff, but I think that, more conference scheduled games, particularly in the SEC, is where they ought to go. And I believe that's the biggest problem we're facing in college football today is that we need to play, in my view, we need to have, and this is never going to happen as long as certain people are involved, but we need to have conference commissioners get somebody that they can all agree upon that can head up and become a quasi-college football commissioner where – they can help with the scheduling. What I think is that Power 5 teams should play Power 5 teams. And I don't think we should have these games. I don't think it's good for the game. I don't think it's good for the fans. And I don't think, ultimately, it's good for the teams. And what it does, it makes the quote-unquote record and not strength of schedule a bigger factor in, in, into the playoffs. And if it's going to be about, oh, well, man, if you're 12-0, and you're in. It doesn't matter. You, you had not lost. Well, you know, sometimes 10 and 2 or 11 and 1 might be better than 12 and 0, depending on who you play. So that's my view upon it as a whole. But for as long as the rules are the way they are now, as long as you're not going to get rewarded necessarily for playing tougher schedules, which they really don't, if you think about it, as much as they should, then the way I would do it is ideally play that team that maybe is an easier team week one. Then I'd want to play a little tougher team week two, and then I'd want to play that maybe that really tough game in week three before I get in the conference play. Because I think what often happens, if you don't, in George's case, they'll be fine. But if they played a little tougher last week and maybe a little tougher this week, which Arkansas State is a little bit better than Murray, but not not uh, enough of what I'm talking about, I think, and I still think they'll beat Notre Dame. We'll get into that later. But I think it better prepares you if you play you know, let's call it level A, B, C, or, you know, in terms of toughness going up a level each week. I think that makes you better. And here's the thing. It also makes you better prepared for conference play because 
I think what you do is you sometimes can develop some bad habits against weaker opponents. And if you do that, and then you go into conference play, and you happen to play a conference opponent that's pretty good, sometimes you're not quite ready, and you have a little bit more of a struggle than you would have if you played it. So that's how I would play it if I were them. But I think they're going to be fine another way. And this, to me, it's it's more of what Georgia's. They're not going to show a whole lot. It's going to be a line of scrimmage game, and then they'll get ready to you know to for the challenge of playing Notre Dame, and you know they'll be fine in that game. But that's how I would do it theoretically. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, seeing the SEC at a conference game. I <clears throat> pardon me. I know that uh, that's something Nick Saban's been a proponent of. Um, I love your idea of commissioner. I also agree with you. I don't think it ever happens. Just, just, I've just always think, thought. Yeah. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I lost you there. Well, go I, ahead. I, I've always thought that, uh, frankly, and we talked about uh, Bryce Thompson coming back briefly. I've always thought the SEC commissioner, the SEC office, or an NCAA commissioner, if they had that, should handle um, uh, cases in, in, in which there's uh, some sort of rules violation or in particular when uh, the legal system gets involved because let's be honest uh, there's <clears throat> excuse me a conflict of interest between the coach who who needs to win games and uh, the, the the coach who supposedly wants to look out for his player but sure he wants them out there I, some some centralized power like the NFL has even though Roger Goodell gets ripped a lot, some centralized power and taking those decisions out of the hands of the coaches, I've been saying for 20 years would be a good thing. And no doubt about it. Listen, I've been working in the NFL and still work in the NFL. It's been 30 years now. Um, their problems are not perfect. But there is an organized way to do things. And, and I'm telling you, it's by comparison, it's far better administrated than the sport of college football. And the, and the reason is when it started back in the day, pro football, it was not real popular when, when the league first started and they understood, you know, Mr. Mara understood in New York that, you know what, we're only as good as who we play and we got to have revenue sharing and we got to do things that are going to be best for us. So everything we do in terms of rules, in terms of scheduling, in terms of, um, you know, revenue sharing, we're going to all do it together. And then it, then it's going to be truly competitive. And, and because it was done, then that rule is in place. I, I got to tell you, I don't want to take a shot at anybody, but you know, some of the owners that are around today, if they had the choice of doing their own thing, doing their own TV contracts, doing their own, I mean, we kind of know how that's already played out. And, and that's, the, there's been a little bit of poking of the bear there. Well, the bottom line is, the, the league would be, you know, probably as lopsided as college football is. College football, because it never was that way and was a lot more popular than the NFL and pro football in general before the NFL, the old AAFL and prior to that, college football was extremely popular back in the 20s, 30s, and 40s. It's gotten more popular, of course, but more popular relative to pro football. But there was, there was, it was regional and then there was no need for a nationalization, you know, other than the NCAA's formation, which by the way, was formulated because back in the day, players were dying on the field because of health issues. And they, and then, so they formed it to protect the safety of the players. That was it. 
Then it became a different governing body, but they didn't. It was never something that oversaw rules about the playing game. It was rules about how you administrate and recruited and you had a, a, an enforcement staff and, and, um, and, and, you know, for, for, you know, paying players and things that would come down on, on, uh, those improprieties, but we've never had an organized committee. We had a CFA that was formed to just to challenge the television rights when, you know, back then the NCAA said can have only one game on TV every week. Can you imagine that? So what it is, is that the sport has gotten into the modern era where let's call it what it is in society today. More than ever, it's about everybody looking out for themselves. And that's, that's where college football is. And, you know, so we're gotten the genies out of the bottle, so to speak. And to get people that are powerful in this sport, the SEC commissioner, the, the, the commissioners of all the big conferences, but to, for them to give up power, for them, for the SEC commissioner to say, well, you know, I'm going to usurp some of my power and, 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 you know, give it up to somebody else. Well, they don't want that. Hell, we're hearing that right now going on and, you know, coming up from most people in the league think that Alabama gets, you know, um, you know, special service because it's always been located in Birmingham. And now Alabama's complaining about the fact that they got to play too many non-conference games in the early time slot. And they're saying that LSU gets favorable treatment because they get to play pretty much every non-conference game at night, which is kind of what they want. And there's this whole jab as, yeah, that was kind of the, the, the agreement, the wink, not agreement that LSU has for having to play Florida every year in their crossover opponent, which they don't like. And they're thinking that, well, it's unfair for us. We got to play Florida every year. And, and, you know, so, so here's what we do. We'll let you get night games. You know, there's a lot of that stuff that political seems juvenile and it goes to your point. A lot of that is very unprofessional. And I don't mean in a collegiate sense, but I think is not good for the game. And you're right. Just think about it. We just talked about Kansas State, Mississippi State. What if we had, like, you know, okay, this year the SEC played the the uh, the Big Twelve, and you'd have maybe requisite games that would be real interesting. I think you could do that. Maybe you could mix it up, and you play a Big Twelve team one week, an ACC, or maybe one year you play. You know, everybody plays a couple of Big Twelve teams. Everybody, you know, plays a, you know, you just mix them up. You could, you could, there are ways you can do that creatively. And if you did that, it would be a lot better, a lot better sport, a lot more enjoyable to watch. We could really compare who's better because we'd have schedules that were more like, and I think those things are, are, would be really important for the game and would help us kind of take a different level. So no, I, I, I agree with you. And I think it's one of the problems that we have and but the way that it is right now, uh, it it it's going to be tough and tougher to you know challenge that. And you know I think some of the committees and how they go about picking teams is going to be very difficult. So we'll see how it plays out. But I'm with you. We need that type of um, you know overreaching power that could make the sport better, in my view. Preview of Ole Miss, Arkansas news out of Texas A&M. Uh, right after this, you're locked on. SEC football podcast. You are locked on SEC football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's get to Ole Miss, the positive, uh, some 
surprise, I would say, in the SEC with the way they have played to this point in the season. And southeastern Louisiana shouldn't be much of a challenge, I wouldn't think, Chris. You, you're in that area. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think uh, they'll they'll be able to win. I, I think um, they blew away a pretty decent Jacksonville State team that uh, did the Lions of uh, southeast Louisiana. And they've got uh, Chason Virgil, uh, the former Fresno State quarterback, um, that's uh, playing pretty well. So uh, the offense is a little bit better at Ole Miss. I want to see that continue. Uh, they struggled against Memphis. But I think in this game, it's about improvement. Uh, the defense is playing well. Um, there again, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit encouraged. I don't know how many wins are on Ole Miss's schedule in conference, but I think getting and building more momentum this week, this is again, these games are important only from the standpoint, or let me put this way. They are important, but for the important, important part of kind of getting better. But as we talked about earlier, uh, sometimes getting better is tough because the focus is not there. Gotta, if you're Ole Miss, you got to look at it as, we can get better in all aspects, and we need to if we're going to pull maybe an upset or two in league play this year. And then Colorado State uh, at Arkansas, man, you just um, you, you look at Arkansas and a feel for what they're trying to do there and flip that entire roster into more of a spread attack from a, a power running game, and it's just tough. Um, at home, almost a double-digit favorite. Uh, to Colorado State, and uh, this this might be a tough one for the Razorbacks. Uh, let me say this, and I, I want to phrase this correctly, because, you know, every game is important for every team, and so I don't minimize anything. I don't think there's a more important game in the league this week than this game is for Arkansas, and that is they cannot lose this game. If they lose this game, I think the negativity in Fayetteville is going to rival what we've seen around, you know, Knoxville uh, and a couple of other places, because there's a lot of unrest. They really didn't play well against Portland State um, at all, and they didn't get any get anything any rhythm going. They got nothing going, um, you know, against Ole Miss. Um, I mean, they got you get three points. They scored a few late touchdowns, but basically. Got about three points on them. They're not playing well up front in the offensive line. The running game's not doing a very good job. Passing game, you know, trying to find some rhythm there. It, it, it's it doesn't look good. And they better get you know quick, um, get well quick. You know, now CSU did not did not play poorly against Colorado, but you know they were they were handled by them. I, I thought their pass rush was really good against Western Illinois. They're not very good Western Illinois, but. I got to tell you, Colorado State's made mistakes thus far. If they don't fumble the football, um, they don't make mistakes. They they can make this a game against Arkansas. And for Arkansas' sake, I hope it doesn't go into the fourth quarter with a with a need to come back or pull it out because, you know, I think even style points are important here. But the, just the possibility of losing it would be bad. And I think winning it, you know, and maybe winning it decisively would be a big confidence boost for a team that absolutely needs it. I can't stress again how important this is because this happened last year and there is something, and we're seeing this in Tennessee, of course, when you get into that second year, this shouldn't happen. It shouldn't be happening in Knoxville and, and at Fayetteville, it shouldn't be happening the degree that's happened. Now losing to Ole Miss is one thing, you know, it's a conference game. I get it. 
But if they were to lose this game, it would be difficult. And I can tell you, if they play the way they did against Portland State, they, they probably lose this game against Colorado State. I think they play better. I think they get the running game going here. Um, but they better, or else this could get real dicey. Really, really important game for Chad Morris. Quality yeah. of life game, as I like to call it for a coach. <laughs> Vegas Vegas uh, likes the Razorbacks uh, to ten, about nine and a half, ten point favor. I that would be good. And then, yeah. And then injury news out of A&M with uh, Joshua Corbin. We want to be sure and touch base on that. Yeah, just, you know, everybody knows about the hamstring injury, but he underwent a successful surgery on Wednesday. Uh, got season-ending hamstring injury, so um, no surprise there. But the news is, you know, I haven't heard many times where they say the surgery didn't go well. Um, you don't ever hear that, do you? Man, this guy had surgery. Boy, did it go bad. You know, it was, it's usually, you know, it's usually surgery went well, but uh, we're glad to hear that. And um, that, uh, you know, he's gone for the year. Tough loss for them, but just wanted to get an update for the Aggie fans that uh, young Josh was uh, seemingly doing well. Yep. That's your Locked On SEC Football Podcast. Half the game's previewed today. We'll preview. The rest of the games tomorrow. Have a fantastic day, everyone. For Chris Landry, I'm Dave Hooker. Feel free to send us uh, via Twitter any questions you might want answered to the Dave Hooker or Landry Football, and uh, leave us a review. We'd love to hear what you have to say. That's your Locked On SEC Football Podcast. For Chris, I'm Dave. We'll talk to you tomorrow.